listening to My Rapids Real Estate Show on AM 1320 WFHR, your weekly radio show focusing on real estate, the market, and everything related to housing in central Wisconsin. So welcome back. This is Ben and Carrie Nikolai with Codal Banker Seward Realtors here in Wisconsin Rapids. And this is a pre-recorded show, but it's airing on the 20th of June, which is Father's Day. And Carrie, what else is today? Lunch by the river. Well, yeah, it's Thursday when we're recording this, but oh, Father's okay. Day oh, is... Oh, Father's Day. Is that what we're trying to get? To? Okay. Father's Day on the 20th. So happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. Sure. It's it's parade day because oh, it's Blossom parade. Fest weekend. Right. So this is 9 to 11 on WFHR. So join us for the next two hours. And then go and watch the parade at noon. It's all the way down Grand Avenue. Excellent. And we're going to be in it. We've got the mobile office. We've got everybody from the office is going to be there too as well. You're going to be the driver. Sure. And we're handing out candy to all the little ones along the parade route. Fantastic. So yeah, it's going to be a great time. So a lot of events here in the summertime and we have access to someone who is our special guest and we want to talk about one that just happened earlier here in June. So... Who's our special guest? Our special guest today is Carolyn Saylor. And the best part is she's one of the gals from the office as well. So she's one of our agents in our office. But today she's going to be here for Bluegrass by the Lake. So welcome, Carolyn. Wow. Very good. Thank you. It's Bluegrass at the lake. True. The lake. A lot of people um, say on the lake, by the lake, near the lake. (laughs) But just for history, since, you know, coming from growing up all my life here in Wisconsin Rapids, as a teenager, whenever people, we would go out to Lake Wazicha, people would say, where'd you go? And we said, we went out, we were at the lake. You didn't say that if you went to Nepco. You no. didn't say that if you went to the river. You only said that if you went to Wazicha. And that you is still true today. It's still true today. But that's kind of a local piece. So a lot of the people who are saying by the lake or something else are not locals from way back. So that's understandable. We're over at the lake. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And the really great thing is, you. how long have we been doing this? Or you've been doing it? Bluegrass at the lake. This is our fourth year. Okay. So four years. Mm-hmm. And the great thing is this year, we actually were able to hear it in our backyard. Because you moved. You're we now moved. close to the lake. <laughs> close to the lake. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. Which is really great. So we came, you know, we went for the the little, it was only what, five miles that day? Yeah, just five miles. Just a five mile walk. Mm -hmm. Just to go check it out because we needed to hear it kind Mm -hmm. of up close and personal, seeing how we could hear it Mm -hmm. at the house. So uh, how did bluegrass start? How did this all come about? Well, bluegrass has been, you know, a thriving music genre for decades. Um, In Wisconsin Rapids, not so much. Um, You know, there's been little pockets of it here and there, but um, we got involved about Six to seven years ago. Okay. okay. And my husband had always played guitar, um, electric guitar usually. And uh, I'll be honest, I wasn't a fan. You know, he'd play a rift or he'd do something, but it was never a song. He never sang. Eh, it just didn't do anything. But in 2013, our one of our children, we have twins, our daughter was very um, significantly ill. She was in the hospital for 78 days and we almost lost her. And when we came home, as you can imagine, that puts a lot of stress and trauma on a family. Oh, yeah. And uh, one of my husband's friends said, you should play your guitar because when you strum a guitar, you cannot be unhappy. It's a great way to kind of work through what you're going through. And that kind of resonated. And then this friend got him involved in some bluegrass and he started playing. And I heard him sing for the first time. And I'm like, you played a song. Oh my gosh. You know, so I was kind of thrilled, but I still wasn't a bluegrass fan. And then he took me to a festival, uh, was Bluegrass in the Pines, which is hosted by Art Stevenson and Highwater up in Rochold. It's always the weekend before uh, Labor Day. Okay. Yeah. We went to that festival, you know, six years ago. And I sat there quite wide-eyed because I had never been to a festival. I'd only been to concerts or fairs or church picnics, but never a festival. And this is something very different than like a normal, a regular music event. Yes. This is this is a little bit, I don't want to say out there in left field. It's an experience. It is. 
I'll say it that way. It's an experience because most bluegrass festivals involve camping and Mm -hmm. there are people who travel from bluegrass festival to festival around the state. And so they become a, and they call themselves a bluegrass family. And it's like, I don't know, you just, you look for each other and you plan your summer around what festivals you're going Mm -hmm. to. And there are great friendships and great memories that are made at this. So I really didn't understand any of that at my first festival. And my husband said to me, he said, well, you know, maybe if we had a camper, it would be a lot more fun. And I was skeptical because I grew up with a cottage and, you know, I'll be honest, you know, I was a little um, snobbish back then thinking that cottages were the way to go. Much to my um, chagrin, I have to say I was completely wrong. (laughs) Camping is fantastic. It is a whole different type. But we got our first camper and we went to a couple of festivals with our new friends and really enjoyed it. Okay. So two years in... We'd gone to maybe four or five festivals. We were on our way to another festival and we looked at each other and we said, Wisconsin Rapids needs a festival. Well, of course. Let's do it. Let's do another one. So it's a Friday afternoon. We called Wood County Parks and Recs and said, hey, Lake Wazicha would be a great place to host a festival. What have you got open for next year? The only weekend was the second Saturday in June. That was the only one. So we booked it. And that following year, which was 2018, We did Bluegrass at the Lake on a wing and a prayer. We got whatever volunteers we had that we knew, and we prayed that we wouldn't lose money. Because it's not... it's not an inexpensive undertaking. But so the bands just don't show up or anything like that. No. There's you, Oh, there's definitely cost. Yeah, there's, there's rental, there's cost, there's sound, there's lighting, there's there's just a lot of expenses. But we were pretty low key that first year. We paid all of our expenses and then had a little bit left over. So we decided to donate our money that year to the Muscular Dystrophy Association because our daughter had a form of muscular dystrophy. Okay. We thought, okay, this is cool. We're not in it for profit. We're not in it for anything like that. Let's do it. And at that time, shortly before that festival, um, we were trying to figure out who was going to be our beer provider because that's very important at a festival. It is. You have to have your beer and beverage provider. Well, especially in Wisconsin. Absolutely. Yes. So we had been to a family um, event and my cousin Joel Holberg was the, at that time, the president of the Wisconsin Rapids Lions Club. And he said, hey, I think we could help you out with that. So- they provided the beer and the beverages and, you know, the workers for that. And it's like they made a little bit of money. We had a little bit of a donation. And we're like, hey, this is pretty cool. Let's go year two. So year two, we decided let's do a little bit bigger and better. And let's make ourselves a nonprofit. So we got Joel involved. And so it's my husband, Joel, and I. We are the three founding members of Bluegrass at the Lake, Inc., which is a 501c3. Okay. And we planned for the next year. And we went bigger and much better because we got a big Stevens Point tent, 80 Mm -hmm. by 50, and had that set up in the parking lot. We, um, you know, had a little bit more vendors. We had bigger music and the music was under the tent, which was much better than music inside the enclosed shelter. You know, it's just hard to mix sound inside of a stone building. Right. It bounces a little too much. Exactly. And the crowd size just was bigger. So our first year we had about 250 people. Our second year we had about 225 people, including volunteers. So we were thrilled. And we also, because we were a 501c3, we opened up a sponsorship program and we were able to get some corporate sponsors, which definitely helped cover expenses and allowed us to have a bigger donation to the Muscular Dystrophy Association and the Wisconsin Rapids Lions Club. So we were very happy. Okay. So that was pretty cool. So year three, pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. But that didn't stop us. Was, oh, I no. was going to say, was there a way to get around having still having a festival we, we during did it COVID? In an interesting way. We had already solicited our sponsors prior to everything kind of shutting down. So we had corporate sponsor money. And then everything shut down and... We're like, we can't have a festival, especially not a festival for muscular dystrophy, which focuses on people who have health challenges. That, that's just not right. It, it, it doesn't, no, we're not doing that. So we canceled the festival, as did most events. I can't really think of any that went on that year. But instead, those of us who had campsites rented, we decided camping was okay because they opened up the campgrounds and you, if you, 
well, you're not really camper guys, but no. camping was huge last year. So we decided to keep our campsites and we changed the name of the festival that year to the No Fest Fest. And mm-hmm. those of us who camped, we camped. There was a little jamming in the park at night around campfires and whatnot. We had a couple of raffles that like a Packer football that was for that year and a gift certificate to a casino hotel, which was going to expire. We raffled those things off, sold some T-shirts and divided the monies, sponsorship monies equally between MDA and the Wisconsin Rapids Lions Club. And our sponsors were all okay with that. So, okay. Um, Which is good to hear. Yeah. And, and actually we got... Um, I believe we got a recognition from the state. Not, I don't have anything physical, but um, the Chamber of Commerce told me that there was some recognition at some point that they really liked how creatively we handled um, the pandemic and a fundraiser. So, because as you know, with everything being shut down, those nonprofits were hurting like crazy. Oh, it was a challenge right. for all the nonprofits. Oh, it was yeah. terrible. It was terrible. So, um, you know, even though it wasn't much, it was still something and they were very grateful. So that was pretty cool. And then he came to year four and it was fantastic. We had a great time. We carried over many of the same things that we had done in year two. We had the big performance tent. Mm-hmm. We had the stage. We had music outside. We had a fantastic musical lineup. Um, we had food and raffles inside the enclosed shelter. But this year we also rented out the Red Sand Beach Pavilion. So that we didn't have to fight, and I say fight with quotation marks, guys, right. um, with another event that was going to take up parking. We'd have to, you know, monitor our parking situation. Right. So, And they may not appreciate the style of music and how loud and all that And does. the crowd right. and, you right. know, whatever. So we rented that for the whole weekend so there was no competition. I'm going to say maybe in March, we were, or no, maybe it was even February. We were, I was thinking and I'm like, you know, I'm on the board of directors for the Humane Society. Mm -hmm. The Humane Society, a nonprofit is hurting as well. Okay. Why don't we try to make that our sponsor benefit, our beneficiary program this year and keep those monies local? Right. You know, the MD Muscular Dystrophy Association was near and dear to our heart personally, but it's a national organization okay. and, you know, people are willing to support it, but the Humane Society in Wisconsin Rapids, people love. Yes. And we thought, you know, let's tap into that. Let's keep our monies local. And I do have to say that backing up just a smidgen, um, our daughter was a huge supporter of the Humane Society. She had five cats and she loved them. And um, so we felt that that was still honoring her memory. Um, so, and I, I guess I kind of glossed over that part, but that's kind of an important thing too, because after 2019, which was year two, we had lost Brit in the fall of 2018. So she only came to one festival and she was skeptical because she wasn't a bluegrass fan. She didn't really know, but she didn't come on the Friday night. She came on Saturday and she came with her caregiver and she had such a good time. She was the very last person to leave the park. We had to lock the gates behind her. Um, (laughs) She just, she loved it and she couldn't wait for the next year. So when we lost her in November of 2018, we decided we would change the name to the Brittany Saylor Memorial Bluegrass at the Lake. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so having the Humane Society as our beneficiary is very important and ties in well because with her memorial monies, we have a cat room. I was going to say, Humane she's Society. got the cat room. She and- has a cat room where you, if you're interested, and by the way, there's lots of cats there, guys. So if you need a feline companion, head on over to Southwood County Humane Society because you can go into the Brittany Saylor Memorial cat room. They have really cool cat trees, wall climbing things. And, well, it's and they a got the little, room. they got the treadmill too. Yeah. Which is really kind of fun neat. to watch the cats play around on the, on the treadmill. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's really special. And so we thought, well, you know, this, 
it's almost like it was meant to be, you know, you know how that stuff kind of suddenly just happens. You don't really plan it. It just happens. That's kind of the way it was for us. Serendipity. Yes. Mm -hmm. You know, and the other cool thing is that with bluegrass festivals, as I told you before, there's groups that travel from festival to festival. Okay. So the first year we didn't have any of those traditional bluegrassers because they had already planned their schedule for the summer. So Mm -hmm. we only had one couple that actually live here. And I didn't know that. I thought they lived over by Amherst. So they came to our festival that year, but that was it. The second year when we pretty much doubled our attendance, we got a few more of those traditional bluegrass folks and they had such a great time. They came to NoFest and they came again this year and they are spreading the word in that community that this is not only a good festival, it's a fantastic campground. It's family friendly. It's gorgeous. The campsites are nice and big. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just really nothing to not like about it. So they are thrilled with it and they're spreading the word to, to their friends and family. So I think we're going to get bigger. However, you can't run in a festival effectively if you only have one group. We also need the local community. What I have found in my six years of bluegrass time is that most people, you don't know what it is. You know, a lot of people confuse it with blues. We're not blues. A lot of people think it's going to be country. It's not country. It's, it's very different. It's, it's an eclectic and we try very hard to make sure we have traditional bluegrass. Okay. Art Stevenson and Highwater is a phenomenal band. If you are looking for a classic traditional bluegrass. They so we're not talking like a steel guitar. Nope. So it's none of that because nope. we're used to a steel guitar show mm-hmm. here in Rapids. So mm-hmm. it's not a steel guitar. Nope. A, a, a traditional bluegrass band will have an upright bass. Okay. They will have a guitar. Okay. A banjo. You got to have one of those. Mm-hmm. A mandolin. Okay. And a fiddle. What those about are a dog? Five. A dog. There are plenty of dogs. A lot of them have. Oh, and a lot of them. A lot of the musicians are also huge harmonica players. Yes. Right. And we had some fantastic harmonica players this week. So, you know, and some, you know, and then you have, that's your traditional bluegrass, but then you also have folks that. So thinking back to the dog. Mm -hmm. So normally I think of traditional, like a bluegrass band is kind of like down in Tennessee. Mm -hmm. You would have, you know, grandpa sitting on the front porch picking with the little Mm -hmm. um, bloodhound sitting there, you know. In the corner. So mm-hmm. no dogs on stage. Oh, there is with some bands. Okay. There is yep. some with some, some bands. Some bring their pets and okay. the dogs are right up on stage. All right. Um, you know, there are some female band members. We'd like to have more in the future. Um, but some of them are, there's, there's traditional bluegrass. Then there is um, new grass. Then there's swamp grass. There's, there's all different kinds of Cajun grass, you know, whatever. They throw different sounds into it. Okay. So you might have um, drums. We had a couple bands that had drum sets in them. Um, you mentioned the harmonicas. Mm-hmm. So there was one gentleman who was playing. I think he was playing when we were there. Sure. You said he had, what, 10 different harmonicas on a mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, on a belt. that's uh, Bernardo. He plays with Noah John and Ring and Iron. And he wears, you know, if you, you imagine the old Western movies and you have the, the bandit who has the- um, The bandolero. Yes. For, you know, that they would the, keep their the, rifle the bullets. bullets in, right. you know, crisscrossed across their chest. He wears that with only there's harmonicas in all of them. Okay. And then he holds his harmonica with his mic and he plays and- Oh, oh my gosh. We had some fabulous harmonica players. Art Stevenson did the Orange Blossom special. I did record that on my personal Facebook page as a live feed. And oh man, it just doesn't get any better than that. And that's traditional classic bluegrass song. Okay. Mm-hmm. But, um, and it's one thing to hear it on like a, a CD player in your headphones versus actually being live. Oh yeah. And, and it's with like so much music. I, I'm keen on 
like pipe organ music mm-hmm. and it's, it's an experience you have to feel, mm-hmm. you know, and bluegrass, just that, that vibe coming from the live performance mm-hmm. of it. It's yeah, it's gotta be awesome. It, it's totally amazing. And of course there's always a dance floor and then people set up their chairs and you know, you sit and watch and are chairs provided or is this something that we come and we need to bring a chair? We provide, um, when we get the tent, we rent like 20 chairs, folding okay. chairs, just in case. And, and because of the way we have to set the tent up on the parking lot at the, um, at the shelter area, we can't put stakes into the con into the blacktop. So we get these, they're those concrete pillars. I don't know what they're called. They use them like at landfill places to kind of block. I don't know. They're huge. They're heavy. We have to get those delivered okay. so that the tent side can be attached to that. So it's secure. Okay. Um, so people sit on those. Um, and of course, if you've ever been to Azicha, you know that our park likes big rocks to block everything cars else and, off. Yeah. yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. So those are great seats as well. So, um, you know, it's, it's best if you bring your own lawn chair, of course. Can I bring a hammock? Someone did. Okay. Yeah. One of, one of our friends, their granddaughter came and she was able to find a couple, you know, obviously depending if you can find the trees, she was lucky enough to find one kind of behind the stage and she had her hammock up there on Saturday and. Well, we do have a traveling hammock. And that was the question was, can we bring our hammock? Because we're going to go to a festival. I want to be able to lay down, you know, lay and just kind of like fall asleep. Sure. And take a nap. Yeah, you can do that. We had kids that were, you know, they brought in the the bag toss games. Yeah, they put that in the Mm -hmm. We had um, one of, from year two, a lot of the campers and families had requested, because we always had like one entrance. There's one entrance you had to come in and go out of. Um, but the campers and the families requested once they were, had their wristbands on, if we could have a side gate by the playground, yes, which is also closer to the campground. So people could come and go. And that was a huge, um, benefit to us this year because families were out there. You, obviously you're a hop, skip and a jump from the music. So you're listening to it, but kids were entertained. Campers could go up and down easily. Um, it was wonderful. Mm-hmm. It, it was, it was, and of course you couldn't beat our weather this past weekend. It was amazing. It was. At nighttime, we had a few little thunderstorms. Mm-hmm. Well, the main threat on Friday that came through looked pretty serious. So we had put the um, side flaps up on the tent to protect the sound and equipment in the stage. And uh, But I like to think that my Brittany had a little say-so in that. And she diverted that storm, and it went right around us. We had a couple of drops, but nothing else. It, it I remember- literally broke into and mm-hmm. split right around Rapids. Yes. Yeah. yeah, we were watching was, that come in cool. and we're like, oh, shoot, Carolyn's over at the lake. We should send her a text message really quick. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a storm coming mm-hmm. if you didn't notice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the sky got pretty dark. and But, you know, it, a couple of the other people who were volunteering who had never been to a festival before um, and didn't really know what to expect. They're like, oh, I got to tell everybody that, you know, we need to pack up or get, you know, seek shelter. We can come in the enclosed shelter. That's our shelter spot. And they're like, eh, it'll be fine. You know, bluegrass fans are pretty laid back. They Nobody was real concerned and it all worked out for the best. So. So, you know, if this keeps up and we have storms every time bluegrass at the lake, it's going to be just like water ski weekend. Let's hope I think no. so. They're, they're, they're very practiced at what to do because mm-hmm. there's a storm every time. Yes, there is for the water ski show. You are right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We've been pretty lucky. Each of our years we have had you know, maybe cool and a couple of sprinkles, but we've never had anything bad. So I'm going to knock on the wood table here Uh and hope that that uh, stays put. So now for next year, you're planning already? You bet we are. We had our wrap-up meeting last night and um, it was very good. Do we have final numbers? We kind of do. Um, When we met with the Visitor Bureau, I'm going to spoof up the name of that, um, it's part of the chamber, Visitor Bureau Convention Center, maybe. The Convention and Visitors Bureau. Thank you. I had the right words, wrong order. Mm-hmm. So they had suggested that we kind of try to find a way to keep tabs so we would know kind of where people were coming from or, you know, how, what kind of an impact we would have in the community. Were they staying in hotels, campsites, coming for the day? What was the deal? And so we created a small survey which very brief, but you know, a survey is only as good as the number of people who take the survey. So, um, we felt like we got most people to respond either individually or for their group. But, um, you know, 
as with everything there, you know, that needs to be improved upon for next year. However, a couple of our volunteers did a fabulous job of kind of organizing things. And we found that um, they broke it down into kind of some areas. So those that were within, you know, 100 miles from as far away as Milwaukee, La Crosse, Green Bay, Rhinelander, we had, you know, our distances of, let's see, 100 and three miles up to 174 miles. That was our farthest distance in those areas. None of those people stayed in hotels. Most of them stayed in campers. Most of them by a long shot were two day people. And I would, I would feel that a large portion of those folks were either bands or um, those bluegrass fans that travel around. I would, I would say that was it. Well, especially if you bring your camper, you might as well just stay for you know, both days of the event. Well, and in our campground, you have to stay for a weekend. You can't just stay for Friday or just Saturday. You have to book both nights here. So yes, that would definitely make sense. Okay. Then we had another group um, that came from about 50 miles and that was like Wausau, 50 50 to 100 sort of miles. That was Wausau, Cecil, Shawano, places like that. Um, We had, again, that was kind of split one day to two day and- only five of them were campers. The rest, you know, didn't indicate. So they were most likely day people, just came for the day or something. Yeah, because that's close enough. Mm-hmm, right. Absolutely. Then, uh, let's see, we had another group. Oh, maybe that was still a, uh, I guess that was a continuation on the next page. There was more in that group. Okay. So we had um, a total of 170 people that came for one day in that distance area. Okay. And 40, 54 of them came for two days. So again, most of those people were one day travel in and go home. Okay. Then we had some people who came from out of state, which was pretty cool. So um, for instance, we had two people come from Cincinnati, Ohio. Now that happens to be family members to my husband, but they came two years ago and they liked it so much they came back and that's pretty cool. Right. So they came a total of 542 miles one way. Awesome. Then we had somebody from Crystal. We had a few Illinois folks. Somebody came from Dallas, Texas and Fort Myers Beach, Florida. Well, there you go. It's vacation from Florida. You know, it's so hot down there. Might as well come up and listen to bluegrass. That's right. Exactly. So according to the data crunching that that Robbie did, we had 46 cities represented overall. And that was pretty cool. Yeah. So one of the things that we'd like to do next year is kind of target, you know, maybe where we do our advertising because we didn't get a ton of folks from Stevens Point area and Stevens Point has a good bluegrass, bluegrass background. So we need to do a little bit more advertising and targeting of some areas. But um, yeah, this, this was kind of cool. We were pretty excited to share this with the visitor. What is it? Visitors Bureau. And Convention Center? Well, it's Convention and Visitors Bureau. Actually, it's the Wisconsin Rapids area CVB. Okay. So we're excited to share that with them. Oh, yeah. So, you know, and that kind of also matched up with the number of wristbands we had. We figure that we had about 566 attendees overall. Now, are these wristbands collector's items? Are they pre? Are they printed for that particular nah. year, or you just find nah. the random blue yeah, bands? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, they're not collector items, no. Do you, like, number them so that way you know, or? No, but we counted them beforehand. And so next year, after. she's going to have them all printed, and they're going to be collector's items? Oh, maybe. Never Signed know. by band members? Ooh. Ooh. Could be. And then in a couple of years, you'll have Steve Martin here. and Ah, that'd yeah. be nice. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so it was, it was a great event. I guess I, I should talk a little bit about the bands. Is this a good time to talk about that? Go right ahead. So, so I, I'm expecting, you know, Lester Flad and Earl Scruggs, but I think they're dead. <laughs> that was part of the traditional bluegrass section. I was going to say, I was never really involved in the bluegrass. So the names genre. don't ring a bell, huh? Yeah, no, they don't <laughs> ring a bell. I, you know, I know Boxcar Willie. Sure. We had ice cream with him. Oh. So mm. we had ice cream with him That's at the cool. Minnesota State Fair. 
Nice. My brother sat down right next to him and just started eating ice cream with him. And we had a great conversation. We had no idea who he was. Mm -hmm. Just had a random conversation. And next thing you know, he's up on stage and we're like, who was that guy? It was just a random guy that, that, you know, my brother sat down and chatted with. Nice. I think a lot of musicians are like that too, especially Mm -hmm. in these genres. Mm -hmm. There's not as much uh, pomp and circumstance Mm -hmm. and hierarchy with it, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and just, uh, again, Steve Martin comes to mind. I mean, he's a famous comedy, yes. co- comedy comedian actor. I know who he is. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm good there. Mm-hmm. And then it's like he does banjo like just crazy. Yeah, he's good. We've got some of his CDs. Yeah. Yeah, he's really good. And and, and to think that someone who's so high profile can also be so humble to do that. Mm-hmm. It's neat. Mm-hmm. It is pretty cool. So this year we had a wide variety of bands. We had a couple bands that we have been with us from day one, like Noah John and Ring and Iron. We also had, they're out of the Milwaukee, I'm going to say Slinger area. Um, then we had Handpicked Bluegrass. They're from Tomahawk. And they have been with us a couple of years now. Uh, they tend to play in the wintertime at Rib Mountain. And they will do at the, um, they'll do gigs there. On, okay. You know, Friday night or Saturday afternoon or whatever. So we had them. We had Art Stevenson and Highwater, which I mentioned before. That was our first time having them. They played on both days. And I think I already told you that Art has his own festival in August, which if you have not been to another festival, that's a great one to go to because it's a classic one. So I, And that's over at the Rosh Holt um, Fairgrounds. Okay. I would definitely recommend that festival to anybody to go see. That's close by, so mm-hmm. it, you know we can do a, a day, day trip, trip over there. It's a day trip. It's a day trip. That was my first experience. Mm-hmm. Now I'm a camper there. <laughs> Um, let's see. Then we had, um, some new bands this year. Oh, I, I'm mistaken. We had one more band. I don't know how I could forget this guy, the Jake Duda band. And he is from Minneapolis and he is always going to be a part of our festival as long as he would like to come because he went to school with some of the Rapids local kids college over at La Crosse okay. and occasionally plays gigs at Whiskey Rapids bar. And he draws a big crowd of local 30-something folks and always puts on a good show. And we told him, you know, Duda, you're in. You know, as long as you want to play for us, you're in because he definitely draws a a great crowd. So we had him. Then we had some first-time folks. We had the Honey Goats. They came out of... I, I say Sheboygan, but I, I guess it's really Plymouth is where they're coming from. And they're a fantastic up-and-coming uh, bluegrass band. Did they bring a goat? Nope, they didn't. But the way they got into their name is one of their band members has goats, and they make you know goat soap and you know whatever else you make with goat milk. And another member is a beekeeper. Oh, okay. So I told them, you know, because I've got a friend here in town, Colleen Sazma, who has um, fallen pine yeah. uh, um, farms mm-hmm. and she does beautiful goat soap. I'm throwing out a shout out to Colleen cause it's fabulous stuff. Fabulous stuff. It, is that who we get our, that is who we get our soap for oh, uh, closing baskets. Yes. I don't use anything but anymore. I mean, it's the best stuff in town, but Colleen. So I told these guys, I said, you know, you ought to use your honey and your goat milk and sell soap at your concerts. Wouldn't that be cool? But you know, well, I don't know. Well, maybe they'll come on sooner or later, but they do a great job. Um, they kind of do a lot of, um, cause they're a bar band that started out as that and they were looking for gigs and bluegrass wasn't necessarily a heavy hitter over there. So they started taking cover band songs, bluegrass style, and they're good. <laughs> they're really see, good. So, you know, only in Wisconsin do we get, you know, cover bands doing polka covers and now bluegrass covers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're great. I, many, many people commented that they really enjoyed them. It's their new favorite band. Um, I think we're going to see more of the honey goats around the state um, as time goes on. So, so let's touch on the band's vehicles. Uh-huh. Because while we were there, there were some pretty fabulous decked out vehicles. Mm-hmm. So which one are you thinking of? I'm thinking it was the white and black mm-hmm. one. Yep. The that white and black be, one. That's from Noah John Ring and Iron. That's Bernardo, the harmonica player that I was telling you about with the bandolero. Or, yes. Yeah, he, he's a great guy. 
And yeah, he definitely drives. So some not only chill are vehicles. they entertaining when they play, their vehicles are just as entertaining as well. Oh yes, absolutely. It's a character. Mm-hmm. It is. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of, kind of like the Blues Brothers. They had the Blues Mobile mm-hmm. you know, character yeah. that goes along with them. Oh yeah, yeah. So that's pretty cool. So let's see who else do we have for first time bands. We also had on Friday night our closing band was the Liver Killers. They came out of Green Bay. They're fabulous. They're another band that tends to do um, some cover big band music, bluegrass style. Okay. Um, Brick in the Wall. Oh, I think it's better than the original group, quite truthfully. <laughs> it's really great. So they're a wonderful band to watch, but they're out of Green Bay. That was their first time over to this part of the state. Then we also had on Saturday the High 48s. And Ben, you're kind of a history buff, aren't you? Well, a little bit. It depends what type of history. Okay. Well, the High 48s, when we first heard them over at uh, Art Stevenson's festival a few years back, um, they won some awards in the state of Minnesota okay. as an up-and-coming bluegrass band. So Art had them at his festival, and a lot of their um, CD cover work and their T-shirt work had to do with trains. And I'm like, okay. I was talking to the fiddle player. I'm like, what? what's the deal with trains and the High 48s? And I thought, I found this to be a very interesting fact. He said that they did a research and they have a lot of historians in their group. They like that sort of a deal. And after World War II, France, as a thank you to the United States, gave 48 boxcars, which was a 48 boxcar, high 48 boxcar, which was used to transport a certain number of horses in World War I and could hold a certain number of soldiers. Okay. That's how it got it's the high 48. Okay. High enough to fit the horse teams in there, but also for 48 troops. So they gave each one of the states uh, a box car that was filled with thank you items from France. So each state of the 48 has that box car someplace. I believe ours is at a rail museum over like Marinette Green Bay area. Okay. Some states have lost theirs. Some states, you know, it's prominently featured at their capital or wherever. But I thought, you know, that's really kind of a cool little history piece. I didn't know that. I think um, we're going to have to try to find a boxcar. We yeah. are. We are. Yeah. Yeah. It, go on a road trip. Find the Wisconsin boxcar from France. I thought it was kind of a cool little little thing. So, and they're more of a traditional, um, you know, bluegrass band as well. So they're pretty cool. Uh, let's see. Our last band that closed for us on Saturday, though. Holy cow, did they knock it out of the park. We were fortunate enough to get Chain Station, who is a touring group from Colorado. We had heard them at the Ladies of Bluegrass Festival, which is a one-day fest held over in Green Bay in April. We had heard them two years ago and loved them. And we tried to get them, you know, oh, they didn't know, they didn't know. Because, I mean, obviously Colorado to Wisconsin, that's a long way. They were able to go in April because one of the band members is from the UP. And so... They just kind of made a home trip and then played that weekend. Okay. Picked up a few other gigs around, but that was it. So this year when we contacted them, they were putting together a tour. And they're on a tour that started Labor Day. No, excuse me, not Labor Day. Memorial Day weekend. And it goes until, I believe, the middle to end of July. And they're calling it because they're chain station. Their tour is called the Unchained Tour. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. And they are traveling throughout the Midwest. And we were fairly early in their tour, um, but when they got to our place, they set up some merch. And I was so excited because they had, and I wish my friend Robbie was here because he actually talked to them about where their, um, the, the person who did their illustrations for their new album cover and their t-shirt and their poster is related to some Marvel cartoonist who does Marvel cartoons, I think. But at any rate, these guys were so good and they had this tour. And when's the last time you saw on a national, well, Midwest area tour, June 12th listed Wisconsin Rapids, Wisconsin, bluegrass at the lake. When have we ever seen our town on a tour? I've never seen it. So I'm like, I got to have this signed by the band. I'm having this. I want this personally. I'm framing this. So that was pretty cool. So, but these guys, they put on probably one of the best shows I've ever seen. And, you know, it was our last show. So many people had gone home, 
But the campers were there and we had a lot of local folks who did stick around to watch. And they were like, oh, my God, this band is fantastic. I'm coming back next year. What's the date? This is an annual event. You're darn right. Put me down. I will be here. They did three encores. They were phenomenal. Harmonizing, um, getting the crowd fired up. It, it, I don't know. If you weren't there, <laughs> oh, you missed a great show because it was fabulous. Saving the best for last. We do. That's typical with bluegrass bands. You right. Know, festivals. Yep. So don't run out too early. Okay. Pace yourself, folks. Pace yourself. <laughs> well, see, that's why you need to bring a hammock so that way you can take a nap in the middle. You just do that one o'clock nap mm-hmm. so that way you can stay up. True. Late at night. And, you know, with bluegrass festivals, you got your wristband on. So if you had to go home for a little bit, you could. That's true. Because you can come and go. But um, So yeah. do you guys have to follow like a curfew? Because normally there is curfew. You mm-hmm. can't be allowed after... Mm-hmm. Whatever, whatever well, quiet time. hour is supposed to be like 11 o'clock. Okay. Um, they have been gracious with us. We do try to get everybody out of the park by midnight, which is when we're supposed to be out. Um, so, you know, we, we are, we do try to be respectful. I did speak with the new uh, park ranger that we have here. They did you become very fr- good yes, friends with them? Yes, so. we did. Ranger Doug. I got to do a shout out to Ranger Doug because he was great. <laughs> And, you know, Camp Hollis, Bonnie and Chet, they were good too, riding around, golf cart checking on things. But um, Ranger Doug was fabulous. And, you know, he he really felt like we had a well-behaved crowd. We had um, people were quiet. You know, Friday night, there was hardly anything going on in the campground. There was, but it was quiet, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I don't I don't know. It was great. So. It was a, a great shout out. I did call Wood County Parks today and let them know that, you know, it really couldn't have been better. We had a great festival. And you always have security on site too. Yes, we do. So we did learn that. Yes. So you do have a security person who's mm-hmm. there. So if there is something that comes up, mm-hmm. you do have a little bit of a backup. Yeah. And so, of course, 911 is always there. That's right. our ultimate backup. Very true. So mm-hmm. is this someone who volunteers their time or yes. just like yep. a... Someone from the county. Okay. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a bluegrass fan and it's, it's nice. The first year we had um, some friends do it, but they were at another event this weekend. So our other group stepped in and and did a fabulous job. And, you know, it's just nice um, to have a place to go, um, you know, and knowing that this is something that um, is a place that we can go to, you know, if if something's lost and found, if, if there's an issue, you know, it's close to the the ticket gate, close to the stage. So if we need to make announcements, we can. Um, but yeah, it's 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 nice, which is great. And then we had um, Police Chief Peterson from Grand Rapids mm-hmm. and on the show, and Sheriff Becker on the show. And I know the reserves are patrolling mm-hmm. the the campground too, as well as the lake. So yeah, mm-hmm. pretty good representation. Absolutely. Yeah. I I really think um, you know this Lake Wazicha area has so much to offer that us locals kind of overlook it sometimes. It's just, you know, we're it's just down at the mm-hmm. lake. Mm-hmm. But it's actually really, really well set up venue. And beautiful. I, I can see the Parks Department evolving and making it better as mm-hmm. well. They're, they're really well, investing in it. Interestingly enough, Ben, um, we, as I talked to Ranger Doug on Monday morning and, you know, thanked him for... In, it was kind of mutual adoration hour. I mean, we both complimented <laughs> each other because we were all happy. It was, over, you know, not that it was over, but that it went so smoothly. And I said, the only complaint that I have is that campers don't, we don't have enough campsites. I was gonna, just going to ask that mm-hmm. is, you know, is there enough room no. at there? No, to host because this? we're already, you know, people know to can't, you know, book ahead. You can book ahead a year. So I believe we're already down to perhaps less than half of the campsites available for next year. Oh, wow. And I know that last year we were full, fully booked by February to March. You know, there might be a last minute cancellation or something like that, but, and there's a couple sites that are non-reservable, but yeah, we book up really good. And what's nice about our weekend is that it's really before, like this coming weekend is a huge weekend for family reunions at the campground. Correct. And it seems like from now until at least Labor Day, I don't think you should count on getting a campsite there in the weekend. During yeah. the week, yes, but we're, not We're the past weekends. the graduation parties that yes. are going to happen out there. Mm-hmm. It's that little bit in between time before mm-hmm. we start the weddings over there. Exactly. So, you know, it's, it's definitely a, um, 
the, the weekend works for us and we love it because it's kind of the start of the bluegrass calendar festival. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we set the bar. We did. This year we did. Normally ladies of bluegrass would be in April and you know, they set it, but they canceled again this year because of COVID. So right. they postponed. And so there were some other festivals, but of we were really one of the first festivals this year. So people were just itching to get out. And we had very good representation from the bluegrass traveling circuit or I, as I would they like be considered gypsies? Royalty. Oh yeah. In a way. Would it be I gypsies? Them, yeah. I call okay. them bluegrass royalty Okay, because some of them, I mean, they've been going as far back as Mo Lake, which is way beyond my time. I don't, I wasn't interested in that sort of music way back when, but yeah. You know, so we've, we've got some fantastic folks coming that can tell stories that would curl your hair and your toes. <laughs> and they're good storytellers on top of it. So yes. it's actually interesting. Oh, absolutely. And the other thing that's really fun about it is, you know, as I was walking through the crowd throughout the two days and doing my Facebook live and, and just, I, it doesn't matter what walk of life you come from. Okay. Mm-hmm. We had, 90 plus year olds sitting there at noon in their lawn chair, ready to watch. And they stayed until nine or 10 o'clock at night. We had families with young kids. We had the bluegrass family, which interestingly enough in the state of Wisconsin tends to be very hippie. Like we like tie dye, goofy clothes, you know, long hair, you name it. I mean, those of us who travel to festivals, we have bluegrass clothes that we wear to our festivals. And you know, then you have other people who've never been there and, you know, they don't really know what to expect, but everyone is so friendly that you can sit down and talk to anyone you like and anyone will talk to you, tell your story. Where And I do that. I walk around. I feel like I'm the hostess. In fact, one of the kids from a couple of years ago called me Mrs. Festival. I personally like that name. We're going to get a you a sash. Yeah, you need a sash that, and a crown. Yeah. And he, well, I don't want a crown. Maybe a hat. I don't know. But he called we'll get you something with sparkles. And I'm like, you know, that's pretty cool. Because this, this happened to be a local kid and younger than my kids. So he was probably mid to late 20s. And I was talking to him up outside the tent two years ago. And I said, well, what do you think? And he said, you know, I like bluegrass. I go to bluegrass festivals. And he said, the first year, I thought it was pretty good. And he said, but I expected it would would get better. But he said, I didn't know it would get this good. He said, and then he stood there and he paused a minute. He took a a sip and he looked around. He said, and you know what? This is beautiful. And this is in my hometown. You know, and I won't forget that. Because, Ben, what you said before about people from Wisconsin Rapids don't recognize the beauty in our own backyard, they really don't. These people are coming from all over the state, and they are awed with our park. People were swimming, kayaking, fishing. I said one of the band members was fly fishing out there. I mean, they love this venue. Mm-hmm. And I was fortunate enough to have, ask you, Ben, to come over and see if you could do some drone photography for us which you did on Friday night. And I posted a couple of pictures up there and it, so many people just commented, you know, and it's like, look at this venue. This is really special. Um, So yeah, we're very fortunate in our community to have such a beautiful place to host an event. Well, that's why pictures are such a powerful thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's why we do that as part of our listing process as well is to get our sellers a different perspective of their homes. Mm -hmm. And this is kind of that same thing where you're you're getting a different perspective of your area. And then we look at how we feel when we travel somewhere, like uh, Carrie, you and I went over to Winona, Minnesota a couple years Mm -hmm. ago, 2013. Mm -hmm. Yes. And that was, uh, you know, a different perspective. And then we're seeing a lot of similarities that we can bring back to our home as well. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of the aquatic stuff and, you know, mm-hmm. rent the paddle boats and whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just, it's neat to have so much cool stuff here. It is, you know, and, and to, you're right. You know, if, if we as community members can kind of step back for just a minute and, you know, like open our eyes and just look at our, our community from as if we were a newcomer to the area. Right. It's, it's very enlightening, you know, um, I remember as, as a first time homeowner myself, you know, I, I would 
love to go, maybe this would sound creepy to some of you, but I would love to go stand out on the sidewalk in front of my house at dusk with the lights on inside and the curtains open and just look at my house to see what other people saw as they came by. And it's like, oh, I don't really like that. I got to move that. Or, well, you know, that looks kind of pretty. I kind of, right. I, I like that. You know, that looks nice. But, you know, it's, it's just having that, that look of what do other people see? And it, it helps you appreciate what you have um, mm-hmm. so much more. And I think that's pretty cool. So not to cut you off here, but we are getting to the end of our first hour. Mm-hmm. So how can people get information about Bluegrass at the Lake for the next time around and maybe see what happened this year? Well, we do have Bluegrass at the Lake on Facebook. Just go for that. We also this year did get a website, bluegrassatthelake.com. Okay. Um, which did have some information about sponsors and the band lineup and had some, you know, general information about how we started. Um, we are going to be revamping that um, as we get more volunteers and people who can assist us with things like that. Um, you know, we hope to make that bigger and better. Um, but those would probably be, you know, your best ways to find things out. Another way would be just word of mouth, you know, asking people and, you know, I'm, I proudly wear my bluegrass at the lake shirts. I think the entire month of May and June, mm-hmm. I don't, I yeah, think I did. wore a bluegrass yeah. at the lake shirt every day. Branding, you know, it's very important to brand. Exactly. <laughs> important for businesses right. as well as events. Right. So. I know we were sharing a lot of that stuff at our Facebook page as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and at our website, myrapids.info. So you can get some more links there and mm-hmm. whatnot. Cool. So, yeah, very good. Well, you're going to join us a little bit for our two coming up. All right. So y'all stick around. And if you're curious about more real estate information in the area, check out myrapids.com. And always, if you want to send us an email, it's myrapidsradio at gmail.com. Ooh, that seems kind of complex. I might have to have a pen and paper to write that one down. I think you should repeat that, Ben. MyRapidsRadio at gmail.com. All right, thank you. Just be careful if you're driving. Mm-hmm, true. <laughs> we'll be back in a minute.